Men's ministry. Oh, yeah, that's right. One more announcement. Forgive me, guys. Men's ministry is this Saturday. This Saturday. All right. Thank you, Eddie. Men's ministry is this Saturday at 8. 8, 8 a.m. All right, I'm looking at Danny. I don't have it on my notes. Forgive me, guys. 8 a.m., we we're coming together. It's our last meeting together as a, as a men's ministry for the summer. And then we're going to go ahead and uh, re-pick it up in the fall. Come expecting to be fed because there will be breakfast. And we'll be coming together, English, Spanish. Guys, 8 a.m., it's a time for us to just to get together, to be recharged, equipped, and ready to go. Thank you, Eddie. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get into uh, the word. I'm going to read a scripture off to you guys off the bat because I want to make this an anchor scripture and I want this to just speak to you guys in the way it's supposed to be, okay? This comes out of John chapter 10, verse 27 through 30, okay? And Jesus says this, my sheep hear my voice. Let me say that one more time. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. Can I get a hand, handheld mic, please? No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. Got to make sure this is not bugging us. All right. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. Now, verse 30, check this out, guys. I and the Father are one. I'll say that one more time. I and the Father are one. The reason why I started with this scripture and the reason why I wanted to share this with you guys is because off the bat, whether you know this or not, everyone needs to understand that God is still speaking today. I'll say that one more time. God is is still speaking today. Thank you, Pastor Danny. Jesus literally just said to us right now, my sheep hear my voice, which literally is meaning God is still speaking because to hear someone means someone needs to be speaking. I mean, for, for you to listen to me right now, I have to be talking. How awkward would it be right now if I just didn't talk? Yeah, it's pretty awkward, right? For, for you guys to listen or to hear me, I have to be speaking. And Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And let me remind you that the Father and the Son are one. When Jesus is speaking through his word, he's speaking. When you hear something in your heart through the Holy Spirit, he's still speaking. Some might hear an audible voice, he's speaking. And so we need to understand that to hear someone means that someone needs to be speaking. So God is still speaking today. Is where I'm going with, those, with this, okay? I say this because I still get the question, does God speak to us today? Does God still speak? Maybe you've gotten that question. Maybe you've asked that question. I mean, some might say, I don't, I don't even hear God. While others might say, how do I hear God? You guys have ever been in that boat? I mean, I'm going to raise my hand. I've been in that same situation. But understand that I see and I understand the desire for people they desire to hear God, but sometimes they just don't know how. And I just want to touch a little bit basis on this one, okay? Understand that I also see a lack of discipline in people, and this is including myself at times, where they don't know how to put distractions to the side. I think that one of the biggest distractions, in my opinion, now this is Jesse's opinion, okay? I'm going to slip it right out of my pocket, is this thing. Is this thing right here. 
You know, and I've used the excuse, well, my Bible app's on here. You guys ever use that? And how many of you guys have used it as a Bible app and you're in tune and you're doing what you got to do and a Facebook pop thing comes up and you just, I'm just going to check it really quick because maybe I can minister to somebody. And before you know it, you're scrolling. Ten minutes goes by. You see, I, I see that we have a lack of discipline. It might not, might not just be the phone, but it could be anything else. But I see that sometimes we just have a lack of discipline to push distractions to the side or even simply just listen. Now, we were just in worship, and we were just in the stillness of God. How refreshing was that? How awesome was that? I mean, to the point where you could just take a deep breath and say, everything's going to be okay, because my God has got my back. But distractions take away the attention of what we need to give to our Heavenly Father. Now, I'm going to share a story with you guys. Most of you guys know that I... I was a youth pastor here. Actually, we were generations pastors here for about six and a half years. By the way, when we started, they were in junior high. Now they're all in college and, you know, some are out of college, some are working, which is amazing. I had a great time. And they're still here. I did something good. So <laughs> they're still here and I love it, okay? But, but for six and a half years, my wife and I had the great honor and privilege to serve teenagers. Some of you guys as parents understood that because we were here and we were partnering up with you guys and you were coming to us Hey, I, I'm having trouble right now with my teenager. Could you pray with me? And we went to war together. Spiritual war, by the way. We went to war together. For six and a half years, we got to serve, serve, and serve. Because Marty and I understood that there was no distractions that was going to stop us from getting to those guys. And there's much more. Some are overseas. Some are in other states. Some are just doing great things for the kingdom of God. But very few people know this. All right, very few people know, don't know that for four months in that season, I actually stepped away from youth ministry, and I was a sold-out children's pastor for four months. If you guys remember, I was gone for about four months, Marty and I, and we were working in Granville, Michigan at Res Life over there, and I was a children's pastor, and I'm going somewhere with this story, okay? And for four months, I took on a position that I knew God said yes for that season, where I had 200-plus kids with between two services, okay, 50 volunteers that I, we had to continue to, you know, feed and invest and lead and influence, honestly, because that's what leadership is. you got to influence them, all right? And I had five staff members underneath uh, uh, me as a, a children's pastor with two of them being assistants. I had two assistants, okay? And so you can see this big deal. I was having church with children. Pretty much, and God was getting me ready. Now, out of that five staff, I would connect with them almost on a daily basis, except the weekends. I would connect with them on a daily basis, making sure, hey, where are you at? What, what's going on? What's next? And I had this one guy, and I would not give names, okay? But one of those staff members was always, always distracted by his phone. And I, I, I don't blame him being distracted because his phone was constantly going off, constantly. Zzz. Zzz, that's all you would hear when we're having conversation. And all I would see is the eyes kind of like, I don't want to move my head because I'm talking to you, but I'm looking down. And I'm not even listening to you because I'm trying to see, is that my wife or is that, or do I have to go somewhere? And for the entire four months, and he's still a good friend of mine today, and he still does it today, by the way. Okay, But for those four months as I'm leading this guy and I'm talking to him, I constantly had to repeat myself. I constantly had to repeat myself. Did you not hear me? 
He's like, well, I, I don't quite understand. And I'm like, because you're not listening to the words I'm talking. It's one-on-one, man. It's like me and you. But I don't understand why we have to do that. Because I just explained it to the entire team. Oh, okay, I got it. I got it. And zzz, the second time I said, there it goes again. And he didn't hear me. Some of you guys are trying to guess who it is. You're not going to find out, okay? I see someone's kind of like, <laughs> But here's, here, here's the thing. I share that story because after talking to him for a while, I knew that was hindering him from his listening to what I was, and the instructions I was giving him. But there were moments that he would have where he would put the phone away and he's totally in tune. And the, the, the ability for him to lead and do things, sometimes it blew me away. I'm like, whoa, I didn't know you had that in you because he didn't have his phone on him. That's why distractions were put away. And I believe it's the same thing with us when we come to our Heavenly Father, when we try to hear his voice or follow his instructions. When we allow distractions to get in our lives, we're not totally giving him our focus. And we're saying, God, what, what, what did you say? And God's saying, I, I, I'm going to continue to tell you, but I'm repeating myself again. You can do all things in Christ Jesus who gives you the strength. Well, Lord, I'm, I'm going through this. I'm going to remind you again. The reason why I'm bringing that up is because sometimes we just allow the distractions to be there. We have all the power, we have all the authority to push that distraction and say no to it for right now because my time is with God. Remember that stat I told you guys earlier about only 12 places that are uninterrupted in the entire United States? By the way, I don't know where those places are at, but I'm going to find out. <laughs> I am going to find out. <laughs> but here's, here's what I'm saying. The reason why I believe there's only 12 is because the world doesn't understand that. But when you're in Jesus Christ, when you're in the, in, the, in, in the family of God, understand that God longs for your attention. He longs for you just to simply listen to him. And I believe when we can get to that point and when we allow that to happen, a lot of our questions that we have for God are answered already because of that time that we have with him. But we get so anxious that, God, I just wish you were, you were here and you could just talk. I can visibly see you. I need to know. Confirm it. Confirm it. Confirm it is what we'll say. Show me. And God says, I have and I've been and I, I've been doing it. You're just not listening. Now, the Old Testament, that's before the cross. The Old Testament, you'll see that there are many accounts where God almost is literally visibly, visibly with his people. For instance, in Genesis, the scripture says that God walked in the garden with Adam, okay? And in Exodus, it says that God was a pillar of cloud and fire by day and night to guide the Israelites, okay? In the book of Daniel, it says that God was with the three men who are Rachak, Meshach, and Abednego, that God was with them when their lives were threatened and thrown into the burning fire to be killed off. It says that God was with them. In that burning fire. And they walked out, by the way, unharmed and untouched. God was with them. And, of course, we can go to the book of Matthew and we can see where God came down from heaven in flesh form. And his name is Jesus Christ. And so all those accounts we can see, God practically was visible to all these people. And all of those stories that we read in the Bible, which are all true. And sometimes we can question, God, I wish you were that real at that time. Today for me in my life. And what I'm saying to you guys is that God is just as close today as he was then. God hasn't changed. Remember how it says Jesus and God, one? Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everyone say forever. 
He is just clear today, church, as he was then, when he was walking in the garden, when he was in the burning furnace. Nothing's going to stop him. No matter how hot it gets in life, no matter how hard it is walking through this hell on earth sometimes, when we, what we feel like, or how low it is, the valley that we're in, nothing's too much for God. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is there. Are you listening? Look at your neighbor and say, are you listening? That was weak. I want you to shout and say, are you listening? <laughs> hey, hey, keep your hands to yourself, okay? No hitting, all right? He is just as clear today as he was then, church. But there is a difference between hearing and listening. There is a difference, again, from hearing versus listening. They are both important and they are both biblical because you need to understand hearing is where it starts. But we need to train ourselves to grow. I'll say it again. We need to train ourselves to grow from hearing to listening. Parents, make some noise. I know there are more parents out there. Parents, make some noise. A child... Your child, whether you remember when they were little or, or you're in that stage right now, a child can naturally hear you, can naturally hear you. But it takes lots, oh Lord, and lots and lots of training for them to listen to you and respond, amen or not. They don't automatically just listen and respond to your instructions and directions. They hear you. I have a, a two-year-old. He just turned two the other day, yesterday, right? And my son, I love him so much, so much. But he does this thing to me when I say, Jeremiah, stop it. And he won't look at me. I know he hears me because this is what he does. He's looking at the thing he's not supposed to touch. And he's, I know the battle that's going on in him. I can just see it. And I'm like, do not touch. Dad said, don't touch. And it's like he ignores me. He hears me. But I know he hears me because this is what he does with his eyeballs. You can't see, he kind of just goes to the side. Just looks like this and looks straight. And the moment I turn around, the arm goes out. It's a decision that we have to make. It's something that he has to continue to grow in. See, he hears daddy's voice, but he still has to grow. He still has to, he has to grow in the fact of, I need to listen to my dad. And then the response starts happening. Today I have a nine-year-old who just turned nine, and he responds pretty quickly. He's a good listener. Joshua, what did dad say to do? That. Go do it. All right, all right dad. And he does. Because he has grown from that infant stage to now I don't just hear my mom and dad, but I, I listen to my mom and dad. There is no difference when it comes to us. Hearing is important, by the way. And, I, and, I, and I'll show you guys in scripture right now, okay? It says in Romans 10, 17, uh, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Hearing is important, church. Understand that. But I'm, what I'm saying is we need to go, grow past that, okay? Hearing God and his word activates our faith in him, but it's listening to his voice that keeps us going in this life. I'll say that again. Hearing activates our faith in him. We heard the word. I'm excited. But actually listening to him will keep us going and growing in this life. And even knowing him. In this life. Proverbs 3, 6 says, listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. I'll say that again. Listen for God's voice 
in everything you do, not some things, in everything you do, and everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Ever feel like you're off track? Ever feel like, man, I just missed something? Man, what do I do? He says, listen to my voice. And he's the one that will keep you on track. Verse 7, don't assume that you know it all because you don't. That's me throwing that in there, right? Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God, run from evil. Understand, church, when you run to God, you're automatically running from evil because God's here and evil's here. And if our direction is him, we're already our backs towards evil. But the moment we're this way, our backs towards God. So when you run to God, you're off the bat, default, running away from evil already. He says, run to God, run from evil. Verse 8, your body will, will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. I don't believe that's just a spiritual thing. I believe that's a physical thing as well, too, because God is healing. Listen is what God is saying. Listen brings good things in this life. Understand that, church. Listen shows that you are in tune with him. Listening uh, shows that you're so focused on him. You know, when you look at, again, I, I use this analogy a lot, but it's biblical and it's there. Peter walks out of the boat and walks on water. He does something impossible when Jesus calls him out because he's not just hearing the voice of Jesus. He's actually listening to the voice of Jesus. It's when he took his focus off of Jesus that the natural happened. And what does the natural say when you walk on water? You can't walk on water. That's what it says. You can't. And some of you guys are trying to outdo me right now. I'm not talking about ice. I'm talking about natural, liquid water, okay? It's just impossible to walk on water. I remember when I was a, a younger, I was pretty much like a year into knowing who God was. I was about 20 years old, and I remember reading that story, and I, and I kind of twisted it a little bit. I'm like, you know what? I got to have that type of great faith. And I remember going in the pool, and I'm not joking, okay? Don't laugh. I tried walking on water a bunch of times. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do it. But God wasn't meaning that. He was just wants our focus. And he says you can do the impossible. The message is you can do the impossible when your focus is on me and you're in tune to me. But distractions, everyone say but distractions, keeps us from listening. Distractions keep us away from hearing his voice and what he wants us to do. The problem is, God, are you, the problem is not, God, are you still speaking? The problem is, am I still listening? Is these, are these distractions pushed away? Do I have that quiet time with him? You know, personally in my life, it could be the middle of the night. I, I might be sleeping. Everyone's calm in my home. No one's awake. And I could be prompted just woken up and I hear something from God. And I believe that's one of the most vulnerable times of my life is at night because my brain is not thinking, uh, my heart and my body's just resting. And I believe those are the moments we can profoundly hear God the most because it's quiet. We're sober-minded. First Peter 5, 8 says, be alert and of sober mind. In other words, no distractions, okay? Be alert and sober-minded. and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. In other words, he's just saying, if I can bring it and paraphrase it to today's language, he's just trying to throw distractions at you. He's looking for opportunities for, to throw the kitchen sink at you so you can take your focus off Jesus for a second. Just for a second, 
Because he knows that will grow from there if you stay in that mode. He's looking. But Jesus is telling us through his word in 1 Peter, this is what he's saying. He says, be sober-minded. In other words, have nothing up there. Push away distractions and let me fill you and all of you, even in your thoughts and in your mind. Distractions, church, understand this. Distractions come in many forms, okay? It comes in, in forms of problems. It comes in forms of, of, of relationships. It comes in forms of money, there are so many different types of things that distractions can come in, different types of forms. God says this to you guys. If you're in that distraction season right now, God says dethrone those distractions and start enthroning me in your life and watch me make a move in you. Dethrone those distractions, enthrone him. You know, in the book of Luke, chapter 10, there are two sisters, Martha and Mary. Okay, and I'm not going to read the whole passage, but I'm going to kind of give you guys What's going on here? Jesus is invited to the house of Martha and Mary, all right? And as Jesus is in the house, who's ever invited someone to the house? And you're like on cleanup mode. You're like, throw everything in the closet, shut this door. And then the wife is saying to the husband, I'm telling to myself, I should, I should watch myself. Okay. The husband, the wife is saying, don't open that door no matter what. If they want a tour, do not give them that room right there. I just told him myself, Okay. Do not give them that tour right there. We do everything we can to make it nice and presentable. So you got to imagine Jesus is coming to the house. Push everything under the rug. Push everything and throw this in the closet. And the story goes on as Jesus is in the house that there's one sister, Martha, who's preparing the meal for them. But there's the other sister where she's doing nothing but sitting with Jesus. Nothing but sitting with Jesus. And there's frustration happening. Distractions start happening. Let me read, let me read verse 40. It says, but Martha was distracted. Okay? But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. I think that's legitimate. She's just trying to keep things going. Right? Next sentence. She came to him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I can hear that whining voice. Tell her to help me. And I love what the Lord says. says Martha, 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 Martha. You are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. And then check what he says here. Or indeed, only one. And it says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And I truly believe that this is what God is saying. Mary has not chosen to be distracted. That's it. Mary has not chosen to be distracted, and you have. Preparations are great, but priority is me in your life and push distractions away and let me do a work in you. Mary wasn't ashamed of what she had to push under the rug. She revealed what was under the rug. And in a sense, we kind of do the same thing. Because how many times do we come to church or hang with people that we know, okay, they're godly, and we hide things. And God's saying, don't hide it. Reveal it. Pray with one another. Seek wise counsel. Get help. Because God already knows it's there. Distractions push us away from listening to the voice of God. And church, when you have decided to hear and listen to his voice, 
understand this. You will discover your destiny and your fulfill, and you will fulfill your potential here on this earth. You will know where to go in life. You will know what you were called to do because distractions have pushed, pushed, been pushed away and your heavenly father, you can hear him now. You're in tune. Have you, have you ever gone on a road trip? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was swallowing. I didn't mean to stop there. <laughs> have you ever gone on a road trip and you're driving down the road and as you're driving, you lose the station that you're listening to? Or in my old school, no one listens to stations anymore. Well, let me speak for my family, okay? We're driving, and the radio's on JQ99, and we're like, ah, you know, I'm living in the days. Yeah, you know that whole deal. We're singing. We're happy, right? And we get down more of the Benton Harbor area, right? And then all of a sudden, and you tolerate it. You're like, this is my favorite song. It's my jam. I'm listening to it. Anybody need to go to the bathroom? It's like, right now, we can go to the bathroom. We're going to stop so I can continue this song. But then you get out of the range, and you start hitting that seek button. Okay, and you're looking for stations. You totally lost it. And then maybe you'll find something later. Okay, but there was that interruption, that interference that stopped you from listening to what you liked. Now, I've also had it where I came back, maybe from a road trip, and you hit the Bent Harbor area. Hey, I can hear the station now and clear. There's no more interference. You see, when we walk this earth, church, there are times where interference is going to come our way. And we need to understand that we need to stay in tune with what God wants us to do and where he wants to take us because distractions come in many forms. But he wants you to understand that you can fulfill your potential the moment you stay in tune with him and you will whistle in this life with joy and with happiness. Now to answer, to answer the question, how, how do I hear God? Man, time slipping. How do I hear God? I'm going to give you five ways to discern God's voice. And I'm going to go through these pretty quickly, okay? And the first one is this. His voice is love. His voice is love. 1 John 3, 1 says, Consider the kind of extravagant love the Father has lavished, okay, on us. Not just gave, but lavished on us. And then check this next uh, verse out. He calls us children of God. Okay, it's true, we are his beloved children. When you hear his voice, he will continue to confirm, you are my child, and my love is unconditional for you. When you don't hear that, that's probably not God. If guilt comes on you, that's not God, because he is love, and he lavishes his love on you, okay? Number two, his voice is power. Okay, his voice is power. First Peter 5.11 says, for all power belongs to God now and forever. Amen. And that power is a power that you are not afraid of, but it's a power that fills you and you are now empowered. That is the voice of God. But if discouragement and, and rejection come up, that is not God and that is not his power. God says you have been redeemed by the blood of, a, of the Lamb. You have power. There is power in the name of Jesus. You don't hear that in the voice and in the echo of his vocal cords and the beat of his heart. It's not God. It might just be you or it might just be the enemy. But when you hear that power that you can do all things because I am with you, that's your father. That's your dad. Number three, his voice is healing. 
His voice is healing. Luke 6, 19 says, everyone wanted to touch Jesus because when they did, power emanated from him and they were healed. God's voice brings healing and is healing in your life. Have a broken heart. When you get in tune with him, he will heal that. But any type of nitpicking of you should have done this, you should have done that, is not your God. His voice is healing. That's how you discern who he is. Number four, his voice is wisdom. Look at your neighbor and say, his voice is wisdom. Proverbs 8.33 says, listen to my instructions and be wise. Don't ignore it. But first, I love the priority of the scripture. He says, first listen, then be wise. His voice, when you listen to him, will bring wisdom before you. You don't have to know the answer. You don't have to know which way should I go. You just have to listen to the Father, and when he gives you an instruction, a direction, or a way to take, you just take the step, and you're walking in his wisdom. But when there is confusion, when there is cloudiness going on, that is not your father. Because he is wisdom. He is almighty. He will give you where to go and when to go. His voice is wisdom. And the last one, church, I'll close it with today, is that his voice is joy. His voice is joy. Psalms 30. 11 says, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away the clothes of my mourning and clothed me with joy. Did you know the reason why my kids can go outside is because I clothed them in the natural with a shirt and some shorts and some shoes. And when they try to run outside without shoes, mama's going to grab them and slip some shoes on and let them go out there. The reason why they're able to do that so freely is because mom and dad's got them. We clothed them. How much more in the, nat- in the supernatural our God clothed us with his righteousness and his joy and his love that you can run out there in freedom when all things are, are loose and it's, it's, it's hard out there and, and I don't know what's going to There's uncertainty. God says, I can still clothe you with that joy because joy is an inward, not an outward circumstance. Joy comes within the heart. Joy comes in the morning every time you wake up, every time you take a breath. There's joy illuminating out of your mouth when you give it to him and you push away distractions and you're not just hearing, but now you're listening to the voice of God. God's voice, his voice is joy for our lives. I like to, I, sometimes I like to say it this way. It's unexplainable joy. How, how can you continue that path knowing you're going through all of this? Maybe someone will question. Because true joy comes within. And a circumstance, that's happiness. Happiness comes and goes. But joy is an eternal thing for my life because of what Jesus has given. Church, those are the five ways to discern your heavenly Father. And the reason why I'm so pressing into this message right here, the reason why I wanted to share this is because I have countless conversations of how do I hear God? How do I know it is God? Don't try, but listen. Don't just hear, but grow 
into listening to him. It does take time. But understand you have now a direction you can go with when it comes to discerning my daddy in heaven. Amen to that? Church, maybe you're in a position right now you've never really given your life to Christ in a way this way because the Bible says it starts. Remember, faith comes by hearing. You've heard the word. You want to activate this thing, but you need the spirit to come in. You need to ask God for forgiveness. It starts with you right now. I'm going to give you a personal invitation, okay? And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you don't have Jesus in your life, which, by the way, is the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to start this thing is through his son, Jesus Christ. If you don't have him, I'm going to give you an invite in a second. Number two, maybe you know this and you've given your life to Christ, but haven't really grown from hearing to listening. And you he- now you understand, ah, oh, there's distractions, but you want to grow in that. There, I, I want to ask you to raise your hand in a second as well, too, because I want to pray for you. And usually I do eyes closed, but I'm not going to do that today. Because you need to understand there's a church family that wants to pray with you and wants to encourage you and applaud you. When I, was, when I ran that 5K the other day or other week that I shared with you guys, my son and I, he was drained. He was done. But when he heard cheering, go Joshua, go Joshua, something just kicked in and he went and he finished the race strong. And we want to do the same thing with you. And we want to make sure we get the right tools and the resources in your hands. So on any of those invites, on the count of three, I want you just to shoot your hand with boldness. One, I want Jesus. Two, I need Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up right now. God bless you. God bless you and you over there. And you too, and you too. God bless you. Phenomenal. The best decision you guys can make right now. Because wherever you're at in life, God's going to meet you right there, right now. And that's his promise. Church, let's do this as a family. One hand went over the heart. Let's just declare this with our family. Say, Heavenly Father, 